start. All right, uh, welcome everyone. Um, I will call to order the July 17, 2023 meeting of the City of Kirkland Design Review Board, and we'll begin with roll call. Randall Brand. Present. Carlos Castaneda. Present. Shoshana Cohen. Fatima Kohan. Present. Supriya Kelkar. Tyler Smith. Present. Is that Supriya? Okay. Tyler Smith, not there. Amy Tars. Present. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you very much. Okay, um, so we have um, reading uh, an approval of um, a few um, minutes. Um, we have the May 15, 2023, May 22nd, 2023, and June 5th, 2023. Um, does anyone um, have any additions or changes to the minutes? I think that I went through those and I think look correct. Or members, do you get, do you have any comments? No comments. None for me. Okay. Um, if there's nothing, uh, I think that we can prove the minutes as they are. Does anyone want to make a motion? Make a motion. We approve the meeting. Meeting minutes as stand. Okay. Uh, motion. Does anyone want to like second that? I can I second that. Okay. Go ahead. Okay. Move okay. and second. Uh, the uh, meetings are all. I'm oh, sorry. Move and second. Uh, the meetings as described. Those in favor, say aye. 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 Okay. There's no any votes. Uh, minutes are approved. Um, so uh, for today, uh, we have a design response conference um, for the Modera Bright Trails file number DRB 23-00164. That's for, for tonight's agenda. Um, before we start with the presentation, now is the time for any members of the public who wish to speak on any items that are not related to tonight's agenda. Um, staff, do we have um, anyone in the list? Yeah, we do have several people. Um, but just as a reminder, at this point, uh, the comments are related, should not be related to the uh, project on the agenda tonight. There'll be an opportunity uh, during the discussion for that project for public comment. Um, so at this point, it would just be for general comments that are not project related. There is someone that raised their hand. So Shay, if you can um, promote them, please. It's uh, Tychus. I guess I tried moving you over. 
Did you want to say anything or? Hi, can you hear me? Oh, it's Tyler. Oh, it's Tyler. <laughs> this is Tyler. Yeah, it's me. I've been I've been trying to get on online with you guys for the past twenty minutes, so oh, I have no, no okay. idea what's happening with the audio right now. Um, and, and I okay. do apologize to take up the time. If someone can send me another link directly, that'd be great. But the one that was sent earlier, it's just it's not allowing me to join. So, <laughs> okay. Well, we could just keep you on like this if. Because if that link isn't working, then I think we'll just keep you here like this then. Yep. All right. Okay. All right. We don't have any uh, members for uh, from the audience, right? Okay, let's just uh, um, let's just dive right <laughs> into the, the project. Uh, so, Staff, would you like to present? Okay, great. Yeah, just one second here. Okay. So again, we're here for the um, second design response conference for the Madero Bridal Trails project. Um, let me just, so tonight, uh, the goals for the meeting. Um, first, we want the DRB to obviously continue uh, the June 5th design response conference. Tonight, some of the items we want you to look at, uh, we want you to review how the applicant has responded to the DRB's requests. Uh, review uh, the commercial use requirements request the applicant has made, review the project for consistency with the design guidelines, and to consider any public comments if there are any. Um, so I'm going to go over, as part of my presentation, I'll go over the requested items from the last meeting and the discussion topics for tonight's meeting. Um, the applicant will present their response to each of the items during their presentation. Staff has provided an analysis of each uh, of these items as part of the staff memo that was sent to you last week. Um, so I'll go into uh, first the, the first item that the board um, requested at the June 5th meeting was for the applicant to um, look at first the um, revisions to the facade facing the current Pagliacci property to include uh, the same modulation of materials being used on the other public facing facades. So this is the um, basically this facade that are kind of circling right here on the right hand side. Um, the second item was to address the blank wall uh, that was is located right here on Northeast 70th and, and the Pagliacci site. Um, and so what we're going to want you to discuss tonight, uh, do the revisions to uh, the Northwest facade adequately address the DRB's request, and has the blank wall been adequately addressed um, as part of the revisions? Um, the second item we're going to, you requested uh, was to look at the um, was for the applicant to kind of provide the design inspirations for the project um, and incorporate uh, additional design elements that would reflect uh, the bridal trails neighborhood. The real thing with the board really wanted the app to look at is somebody walking onto the site, they kind of know where they are and know that they're in the bridal trails neighborhood. So that was one of the, the, the items that you had requested them to address. And second was to submit more details regarding, regarding site materials, including paving details, furnishings, and light fixtures. So we're going to want you to look at those and provide um, response or the proposed design uh, elements reflective of the neighborhood and to provide feedback on the proposed site materials. Um, as far as landscaping is concerned, um, you had requested that the applicant provide a detailed landscaping palette and plans, including species and sites. So we're going to want you to provide feedback on the proposed landscaping that the applicant 
is is going to present. Um, additional, the fourth item uh, that you had requested was that the applicant revise the material palettes to include fewer neutral colors and incorporate different brick colors. Also, the DRB requests the applicant submit a material board for review. Um, so the material board was provided at City Hall for you to come and look at. Um, and then this uh, slide reflects the materials that were presented at the previous meeting. So we're gonna want you to look at the applicant's revisions and provide feedback on those material and color changes. Um, one of the items that we discussed a lot last time was the uh, the commercial use uh, requirements. As you may recall, uh, the code requires that they provide um, commercial uses along uh, the through block pathways. Um, so the applicant made an argument um, or had requested that the commercial uses not be required along the through block pathway on the east and south frontages of the structure uh, because retail in those locations would not be viable. So I, I've provided you with the uh, specific um, uh, code language, I'm sorry, the specific design guidelines. So the, the highlighted section is what we're gonna wanna look at is so is any non-commercial building fronts should be located in areas where less successful commercial activity may occur. Uh, so we're gonna wanna have you review that tonight and, and provide um, response to the applicants. So this is uh, what they provided in the last packet um, and Again, uh, kind of outlining their reasoning for not providing these commercial uh, spaces in, the, in these areas. Um, note that they are providing a residential amenity space in the southeast corner that was discussed at the last meeting uh, and would potentially allow conversion of that space to commercial um, if the the uh, redevelopment of the neighboring property um, allows for a successful commercial to occur. And they also are going to be uh, providing adequate parking um, for that space as part of as part of their parking plan for the site. Um, so the, one of the items that we discussed last time was there was some discussion about superior design. I, again, I reiterate that you know that, that we want to only we're only looking at the specific design guideline that I just presented, and we need to base our deci the decision on that guideline. Um, also, there was some a request at the last meeting to provide some background information on um, the planning commission's thinking and also the council's uh, adoption of the the code amendments that led to um, this uh, requirement and design guidelines. So I have provided that um, as part of the package for you. Um, there was also a question at the last meeting regarding um, setbacks um, along 130th Avenue Northeast. So the code basically sta states that uh, stacked lawn units located at street level floor along 130th Avenue Northeast shall be a minimum of seven foot required yard. Um, so uh, there was a question because there are some pilasters that are encroaching into the setback yard. Um, and there's questions whether or not those would be allowed. Uh, additionally, there are some questions on the upper story balconies and those projecting into the, the right of way. Um, so we did, the applicant did talk to the public works department and uh, determined that those upper story balconies cannot extend over the property line into the right of way. So they've cut those back. Um, so is in regards to the pilaster that the applicant's proposing, um, staff has determined that the proposed um, stack 
Vaughn units uh, do meet the setback requirements. The pilasters would be allowed in the setback since they are not considered part of the residential unit. Uh, the residential units are located seven feet from the property line with private patios located within setback, which the zoning code allows. The proposed pilasters uh, between each unit are providing uh, separation. You can see those right here. Um, they're providing separation between each of the units. And also they're, they're there for structural purposes because the upper stories in this case can project to the property line. Um, so that's what the, they're, they're showing here, um, these upper stories stories projecting out, uh, which they're allowed to do. Um, and so those are those pilasters are providing support um, for those. Um, so staff uh, also looked back at the, the code amendments and and talked to the planner that involved in that. And they said, yeah, the, the real idea was to to kind of create these patio areas um, to kind of activate the street frontage and create a transition area between the building and the and the, um, the the residential on the other side of the street. So um, we have determined that they, again, that these pilasters would be something that we would allow within the setback. So. And so um, tonight uh, we're gonna want again uh, for you to provide feedback on the requested items, uh, provide a decision on the commercial use requirements, um, consider public comments, and finally uh, move to either approve the project or continue the project to a future meeting to address uh, requested items. With that, that concludes my presentation. Thank you, Tony. Um, does anyone with the board um, has any questions for Tony regarding what he just presented tonight? I think I'll ask the uh, one, Tony. So mm -hmm. the only um, decision um, that the applicant is requesting is the commercial use along the um, three block pathways. Is that correct? What well, so actually at the last, so the, the that's kind of the, the last one remaining. So the last meeting, there was also discussion about the, um, so they are requesting that the there be a loud increase in the residential linear frontage. Um, and so the at the last meeting, the board was, um, had reviewed that request for an increase in the gross floor, uh, ground floor residential uses along 70th and supported that request. So um, that's something that seems that will obviously um, as part of the package you'll, you'll need to approve, but it's something that's kind of already been from, from our perspective. And I believe this, the DRB's perspective was something that was kind of already decided on, but it will just need to be as part of this approval. So. Okay, thanks for clarifying. Um, does anyone else have any questions? If there are none, I'll turn it to Maggie to begin her presentation. Thank you, Tony. Great, thank you. Um, can everybody hear me okay? Yes. Yep. Awesome, thank, thank you so much. Let me uh, share my screen and go to presentation mode. All right, well, thank you, Tony, and thank you, board. Um, that was a really great overview, Tony, of the items we discussed last time and where we kind of left off. Uh, we received really good feedback from the board in our last meeting, and we're excited to walk through how the design incorporates the board's guidance. So let's let's go ahead and jump right in. 
Um, as Tony mentioned, there are a handful of items. We've kind of grouped them into five main categories. Um, the first item is an overarching comment that the board wants to see and understand how the design incorporates features that reflect the character of the Bridal Trails neighborhood specifically. Item two, the board liked the general direction of the material palette, but felt it was overall too neutral. They wanted more richness in the palette and suggested another brick color as a possible solution. I should say an additional brick color as a possible solution. Next, the board asked that the facades facing Pagliacci reflect the same level of detail and variation as other facades around the building. And at grade, they felt the Western facade that faces Pagliacci was a potential blank wall or blank facade um, condition and asked that that be mitigated. Item four, the board wanted to see more detail in the plant palette and where the plants would be placed. And lastly, item five, the board requested more detail about site furnishings and materials to ensure that the design creates an engaging um, pedestrian experience. So let's jump into the first one, kind of the, the biggest, most overarching one. The board wanted to better understand the project's inspiration. And while they liked the general direction of the design, they wanted to more strongly see how the design is tailored to the neighborhood. The board suggested art as a way to reflect the neighborhood character and enhance the through block connections. So way back when we started this design um, months and months and months ago, we started by analyzing the surrounding neighborhood. The neighborhood is almost exclusively single family residential on really lushly wooded lots. While each home has a distinctive character that reflects ownership individuality, there are still recurring themes throughout we noticed the prevalence of modeled masonry, wood accents, and equestrian-inspired details amid the board and batten and plank facades. And you can't talk about bridal trails without also considering the unique state park that's just a half a mile away. Originally created for equestrian-focused recreation, the park includes riding trails through old-growth forests. The tall conifers densely packed in the park are found throughout the neighborhood and create an atmosphere unlike most urban areas. So our vision for Madera Bridal Trails blends the sophisticated established nature of the neighborhood with contemporary engaging public frontages. Neutral tones create a calm and refined expression which is punctuated by richer materials and details. Nods to the equestrian heritage are sprinkled throughout um, the design amplifying character and adding whimsy. To further highlight the Bridal Trails neighborhood, the design team is proposing a series of installations with environmental graphics that celebrate the past, present, and future of the site and the neighborhood. We've identified eight locations pivotal to pedestrians that weave together the through block connections with Northeast 70th. In each of these locations, passersby can learn about the history and future of the area. The design also includes elements throughout the architecture that create a distinctive and engaging character that reflects bridal trails. Recessed storefront entries and additional muttons enhance the storefronts, increasing their appeal beyond that of typical new construction storefronts. Black metal accents and unique details pull equestrian vernacular into places where pedestrians can appreciate. So pedestrian views around the site really helped illustrate how these various design elements come together to build that engaging experience. 
in the foreground of each of these views, you can see pedestrians stopping to look at the installations around the site. In the background, you can see how storefront muttons, canopies, light fixtures, wood accents, unique bike racks, and all those other details come together to enrich the facades. Here are two more eye-level views illustrating pedestrian engagement. Um, the right is on Northeast 70th, and the left is on the Eastern through block connection. And you can see how the details of the storefronts and the furnishings, coupled with the wood and the black, um, the light fixtures, all of these things start to create a unique character for this design in this neighborhood. So let's take a little bit closer look at the revised material palette. Materials are sometimes hard to capture digitally. Um, so we provided that physical material board, just like in the pre-COVID days, that is on display at City Hall that Tony mentioned. And hopefully all of you have had a chance to look at it in person. We've actually received several compliments from people who have seen it. And really looking at the materials does such a better job of conveying the intent than just images on a screen. Here you can see what we proposed previously. And similar to the first item of guidance, the board liked the general direction of the materials, but felt the palette needed a little more richness. The board suggested adding another brick selection for additional variety and depth. And the revised palette does indeed add another brick blend. We are proposing a darker blend along the southern and western residential frontages. This adds variety around the project and introduces a less neutral color to the palette. Similarly, we are proposing replacing, replacing most of the light gray panels with a warmer saddle color for additional warmth. We have also tweaked the wood look board and batten to a darker tone, as well as darkened the gray base material. These changes create more contrast within the palette and add warmth and depth to the overall character of the development. On each of the next several slides, you can see side-by-side -side comparisons of the materials from DRC1 to the revised palette. In this view of the west facade, the most notable difference is the darker brick along the west, uh, along the retail frontage, excuse me, residential frontage on the western facade. Here's a look at the southwest corner, and again, you can see that darker brick. You can also see in the upper story where the light gray is replaced with that leathery saddle color that we mentioned. Um, the pedestrian view along 130th shows how the new brick blend provides richness and contrast in the palette. You really get a lot more punch than you do in the original. Um, I'll also point out here that in DRC1, there was that question about balconies extending over the property line. We've reviewed this with the city and have decreased the balcony so that they no longer extend beyond the property line but are still habitable. Similarly, that as Tony mentioned, the board requested confirmation that the brick pilasters are allowed within the setback at grade, and the city's reviewed this, like he said, and, and confirmed that they are acceptable as shown. The overall view along the south illustrates the improved warmth and contrast created by the saddle color and the darker wood look product. And you can see that improvement here in the pedestrian view along the south as well. And finally, on 70th, that darker gray base is visible on the east corner. And um, what's a little harder to see in this particular view is that the backdrop for the large public open space along 70th has changed from light gray to the warm saddle color. So the eastern and western masses as you go down 70th are separated by a stronger color and stronger distinction than previously. 
Uh, guidance item three deals with the facades facing Pagliacci. Although these facades may someday be blocked by a future development, the board requested they better respond to the current conditions and reflect similar materiality and detail as the rest of the public facades. With that in mind, we have added a corner treatment to the facade similar to other places around the building. With the revised color palette, we are also proposing that warmer saddle color um, to increase variation and richness. Lastly, the board identified the exposed concrete portion of the western facade at Great as a potential blank wall condition. Our landscape team is proposing conical-shaped evergreens coupled with lower shrub evergreens that really soften that facade year-round. And from here, we're going to jump into uh, plants more in depth. And my colleague, Rachel, is here as well, and she's going to walk us through this. Jump Thanks, Maggie. Um, so we're excited to share our evolution of our plant palette with you guys. Um, we have a palette of kind of four different mixes. Um, Maggie, you can go to the next slide. Uh, Oh, sorry. Uh, just starting out, we really want to connect with the native kind of forested landscape um, that you can see in Bridal Trails Park. Many of the plants that we're showing are both natives and found in the park. Um, but we also are kind of elaborating on on some of the um, edge conditions because, uh, you know, it, the plant palette is really tied to what the sun exposure is around the site. We have four very different sun exposures. Um, and so the plant mixes correlate with um, each of those exposures. So here you can see um, we've differentiated the mixes by color so that it's easier to distinguish on the plan um, and kind of the uh, the green at the top and the bottom, they're a similar mix, but the, the bottom mix is specifically addressing the, the blank wall condition. So we'll go into more detail on that. Overall, you can see how um, the mixes kind of make their way around the site and are kind of combined in interesting ways in the courtyards. Um, and we'll go into each frontage one by one. So on the north um, exposure where it's really shady, um, we're calling this the forest evergreen understory. It's going to mimic the plants that you find really kind of in the dense forest. Um, uh, many may be familiar with this palette. Um, it's very classic northwest. Um, sword fern, salal, um, huckleberry. And we also wanna make sure that there's seasonal interests. So foam flower and, um, and tassel bush will provide some accents throughout the year. Here, um, there, we have a, a plan sort of depicting each area. Um, as well as a picture of the existing conditions. So you can just kind of imagine um, the difference that this project will be able to kind of transform the site. Um, we worked really hard to uh, place planting on both sides of the sidewalk. 
um, all the way around the building. Um, so you can see we've got significant planting areas um, kind of at the, the front edge here um, along the street to provide some buffer between pedestrians. And then also pretty deep into the site so that um, users inside will be able to see the planting outside. On the eastern edge, um, we have a number of, we have a couple pocket parks. And so we can start to introduce some perennials that um, like this exposure and uh, tree accents that, you know, each courtyard can have its own unique tree species and um, kind of provide some variation around the site. Um, you can see the existing condition here at this corner. Um, the goal is to really provide a safe transition around, around the corner from 70th onto the East Drive um, and up that hill. And so the, there will be planters that um, kind of go back and forth along that um, stretch based on the grades that are there. As you get to the top of the site, um, you know, the, the project sort of opens up with another room. And then, um, you know, we're trying to really be thoughtful about how the sidewalk transitions around to um, what is essentially a fire lane, but uh, we really would like to make pedestrians feel really comfortable in that space, so. The southern exposure um, is going to be, you know, a much different climate, um, especially adjacent to, uh, you know, the roadways. So it's going to be a lot hotter. Um, and so we've incorporated some grasses that do well in this urban condition. Um, it's not necessarily mimicking a native um, grassland just because of, of how much hardscapes around but that gives us a chance to provide some variation of textures um, with the blue fescue and the reed grass. Um, but this side will also have quite a bit of color um, and perennials that will do really well here. So this image, um, you know, you can see the two different images um, renderings at the bottom of the page of what this side will look like. You know, it's a really stark um, difference from what is there today. Uh, there will be plantings on both sides and it will create this really safe environment for families to come out um, with all of the kind of experiential um, elements that we provided and, um, and this plaza space, uh, it, it'll be a really welcoming place for people to go. Then on our Green Street, um, you know, we it, it kind of transitions back and is directly adjacent to more of that forested condition with a lot of existing trees that are directly across the street. Um, so we're we're back to kind of that lush, deep green, um, but there's a number of plants that really thrive in this condition, um, and so this will be a really wonderful um, residential edge to the project. Here you can see what that looks like. 
um, and how the the landscape that that this side of the project will really complement the significant trees um, on the other side of that street and create um, this pedestrian corridor that um, connects down to um, one of the, the trails in the area. And finally, um, at kind of making our way all the way around at the screen wall, um, you know, we've got a number of, of great evergreen shrubs that we can choose from. Um, we're showing Italian cypress to give, you know, a nice vertical um, kind of habit so that we can put them close together um, and really give a good uh, screening to the blank wall, as well as understory with, you know, color that ties into other parts of the site. So um, kind of bringing this uh, full circle with um, the stuff that, that Maggie started with, um, you asked for some more details about our site materials. Um, you've seen a lot of the rich wood finishes, which will be incorporated into the site furnishings. We've also um, kind of taken the palette of the blackened metal and added a number of details to the site that we'll show you in a second. Um, that will be in light fixtures, but also in site accents. Um, we have added an additional um, paving color. Um, the color of the concrete, the accent color would be this rustic brown, which is shown at the bottom of the screen. Um, it's a really nice neutral color. Um, it ages really well. And, um, and we are proposing that it would be stamped with a brick pattern so that we'd get you know, a, um, a really nice pedestrian scale. We also are proposing to embrace the equestrian theme and um, embed some horseshoes in some of the paving um, or uh, provide prints of those horseshoes as an accent, um, as kind of a whimsical element that can be followed around the site. With the site furnishings, um, you know, this is really kind of one of the more whimsical parts um, to express the character of the neighborhood. Um, you'll see we have a number of wood posts holding up site um, signage um, with these kind of hitching elements, rings um, that are kind of fun elements to find. The bike racks will tie into that. But we also really are excited about the idea of adding some children's scale um, site furnishing so that that's something that um, provides a level of engagement to all these um, plazas around the site. And so this plan um, helps to kind of tie it all together and show kind of how these things come together along with um, the signage and the interpretive elements that, you know, all the way around the site, you have this level of detail and human scale, um, the historic elements um, and, uh, and paving that'll really kind of enliven the space um, all the way around. And finally, on our light fixtures, 
Um, these are really trying to be kind of timeless and classic fixtures, um, but again, bring in, you know, the tie-in with the black metal, um, some kind of equestrian detailing that um, lends itself to, uh, you know, the brick pilasters having these kind of lantern elements, um, but using kind of classic modern fixtures that will um, do really well in this environment. And I, I believe that is the last page of the presentation. We do have, um, we have both of the, or we have all three of the appendixes. If you have questions for specific things that we need to walk through, and that includes updated elevations of every elevation, um, lighting plans that relate back to the lighting Rachel just said with individual fixtures labeled, um, all of our compliance diagrams for things like overhead weather protection and open space and all of that. We also do have um, all of the presentation that we've presented previously at DRC1, if, if for any reason somebody needs to look back at something that we talked about or, or see a, a view that isn't part of what we're discussing tonight. Um, but thank you all and thanks for the great feedback. And um, I'll hand it back to Tony for whatever comes next. Thank you, Maggie. Uh, I think uh, it's going to be um, time for the board um, to make questions to the applicant regarding this project board members uh, who would like to start? Amy, do you like to refer, go first? Sure. Um, uh, I don't know if I missed it, but um, can you talk about the design intent for that northeast corner of your building where there's one bench? And based on your page nine diagram for where you're locating art, seems like you're also proposing one in that corner. So I want to see how that all in, are integrated together. Sure. Um, let me share again. And let's go back to that part of the presentation. Maybe a plan would be best to look at. Go to the hardscape plan. This is probably the, the largest land we have. So um, we have a planter that comes through here. We have the bench that's inset so that the bench is um, not going to interfere with pedestrians walking down the sidewalk. The sidewalk is kind of running through this, this realm here. Um, we looked at having a retail come out at this point at one point, um, but there's a lot of grade change and warping going on through here because of how the site starts to slope. It's sloping down and then it immediately slopes back up. Um, and so an entry is really not feasible from a grade standpoint. Um, so we do have some planting there. However, we do have quite a bit of um, storefront frontage through here right at this corner so that it's um, highly transparent into the retail space itself. And in terms of that sign or that installation, it would be located right next to the bench in this largest part of the planner here. Um, so that it would be something that as you're coming down, we have one in each of the eastern through block um, 
public open spaces as well. So we have a cadence of one there. And then as you wrap the corner, there's something going on right here as well to stop and catch your eye before continuing on around the street. And um, are you also including any kind of landscape lighting, something to make that, you know, not, you know, at least, because that's a smaller space, but, um, you know, um, you know, but to treat it equally, um, and see other spaces, even though it's just one small space. I see Rachel nodding. Um, Rachel, I don't know if you want to answer that. Yeah, I think especially in these areas where we have benches, um, you know, we've we've proposed um, bollards that could provide that pedestrian scale, um, and I think uh, you know that would transition into kind of the lighting that would tie in with the main entry. Um, and then as you make your way up the East Drive, um, I think we're proposing lights embedded in those planter walls so that um, we also have kind of a continuous loop of light around the site. We mm -hmm. do also have um, some brick pilasters that are part of the facade in these areas, there's not at this exact corner, but there is back in here. And all of the brick pilasters are um, highlighted with a wall sconce, kind of a, a larger, but residential-ish feeling wall sconce. Mm -hmm. And then the, yeah, uh, the, the, so that's still retail there. So we'll have the black traditional looking divided like mountain pattern, correct? Yes, yes. Uh -huh. That okay. continues and wraps the corner, um, and I believe that storefront piece stops here. But yes, that expression happens at this corner. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, then uh, the other, can you clarify where are you applying the brick pattern versus sure. I don't know what the other surfaces are? I mean, you showed us the the, the range of you know the variety of patterns and colors, but you know, I'd like to know, like, what you're thinking is like, where do you express them and which areas mm -hmm. are they? Yeah. Yeah, so the, okay. this plan um, probably shows it best. Um, we've provided it in kind of the, um, kind of these special plaza elements. So in both of the, kind of everything that's shown in this brown color, um, would be both colored and stamped. And so that's what would feel um, with that smaller kind of human, human scaled texture. Um, for the, um, the fire lane, we are showing more of kind of a diamond pattern with bars that we're pulling off of the different brick pilasters so that you kind of get a sense for the rhythm which changes subtly as you go around the building um, but having that uh, kind of geometry um, start and stop uh, with the, the architecture, cueing it, um, and then kind of letting those diamonds um, kind of move into that plaza space. And we were thinking it would be really cool to have one of these markers be embedded in the paving um, and be something that kind of activates and makes that space really special. Thank you, that's all I have. Thank you, Amy. 
Um, Tyler, would you like to go next? Um, sure. So first I have to say, um, I, I really do appreciate you guys putting this together and taking on our feedback um, and adding all these new materials to it. Um, I really love the idea that you guys have been able to introduce when it comes to offering um, different educational backgrounds when it comes to the history um, of the area. Um, I always think that's very, uh, of course, educational, but also an attraction for people that are coming through. And then also at the same time, taking a look at the community and the neighborhoods around you and mirroring that when it comes to what you guys have been building. Um, the only question that I really have, again, is in regards to sort of more of that communicable space. Is is there, you know, additional areas or more of like a surrounding area that that's for uh, the residents to go as like a courtyard? I'm just trying to see where yeah. that part is. Is um, that the D and the E? Yes, the D and the E are private residential courtyards. They're not open to the public. Um, and we, we kind of walked through them more in depth in the last presentation. Um, they're a little grayed out in here because this diagram focused on that public space, but D is a, a quieter courtyard. Um, there's several places to stop and sit and kind of this meandering path that goes all the way through and it actually re-enters the building here. It's at a lower elevation than where F is. Mm -hmm. So that's how it's able to re-enter. Um, and it's flanked by private patios and then balconies up above. Um, and then E is really the more active courtyard space. It has a large bocce ball court in it. Um, it's hard to tell just from this faded image, but there's a canopy here to sit underneath, kind of a canopy structure. There's some barbecues, tables, things like that. And then what's not shown in this diagram, again, we sort of walked through it before. I can find the images if, if you'd like to see it, but we have a roof terrace here as well that has a stair that connects down to E and the roof terrace has um, an amenity space inside that um, opens out onto it. There's some dining spaces, a, a lawn area filled with hammocks, which we thought was kind of a fun, a fun thing, something a little different. Um, but so those are the areas really designated specifically for residents um, and everything you're really seeing here that's highlighted here is public. And so with those courtyards that are for the resident, is it only E that provides the, you know, the accommodations when it comes to barbecue access, stuff like that? Is E more, a little bit more, just more like a grass area? Um, let, I'll, I'll walk through those real fast. We can. So here is, um, which D, this is D. This is, I couldn't remember what was labeled D and what was labeled E. Um, this is D and we have an entry here. There's no barbecue spaces in here, but there are a variety of seating types. So some are um, bench-like wall mounted seats, similar to what we're seeing in the public area. And then as well, some Adirondack kind of chairs sprinkled throughout. And we do have a, um, a rendering of that. So this is kind of how this area looks with that path wandering through and some of the plants. Um, and you can tell you can get back into the building down here. Um, and then when we go over to E, this is that more active one, the trellis up above the bocce court area. We have some landscaping to help um, buffer the private patios that are attached to units. And then right here where you see where it says exterior stair to L4, that goes up above. And I believe there is also a barbecue up above. So here's the rendering there. 
And then as we go up, this is that upper area, another barbecue. There's some dining here. There's dining underneath a big canopy over here as well. This is the hammock grove that's up on top. And this is a rendering of how that space starts to play out with the lights on top. Um, The amenity space is there in the back. Um, And I think we have a professional rendering of that as well. Very nice. So just two more questions. Does that help answer your question? Sure. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so uh, my last two. So the people that are located in D that don't have like let's say direct access to the more communicable one with the with the barbecues, do they do they have an easy access to get to E, or oh, do yeah. they have to sort oh, of yeah, go yeah. through? Okay. Okay. Uh, and then do both a, of them provide a for the building? Oh God. Okay. Oh no. Go All right. Ahead. And then um, do <laughs> do both of them provide sort of a space for for pets? in a little pet area um, you know that would be kind of, there's no designated yeah there's no designated pet area per se in here although there's nothing to say that you couldn't have your pet in there um there is also a pet um a dog run if you will up on the roof where is that that is here so on the very uh top of the roof we've got a stair that comes up our main elevator bank is right here as well this is dog run that also has tables sitting next to it, some some more flex seating and some greenery. We've got this, of course, pulled away from the edge because you don't want to have um, any sort of escapees getting to the, the edge. Um, but this is the designated pet relief. And we do tend to pull those away from the other amenity spaces just because pet relief areas tend to get um, smellier and things like that and you don't want to feel like your residential unit is right there or that you're cooking barbecue right right next mm-hmm. to that but there's only one there's only one it's quite large mm-hmm. though it's actually um it's very large great do you remember the size the square footage of it i want to say it's like i don't but it, 400 square i feet. feel like it's yeah it's it's pretty big actually but it's, um, it's pretty big yeah okay um yeah that 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 pretty much uh is all the questions that i have right now until we go into statements okay thank you taylor uh randall you'd like to be next sure i've only got a few a few questions Uh, first of all you know the expansion of the finish and color palettes uh works extremely well and then bringing more of bridal trails vernacular into the project uh, does start to really give it a signature uh, for bridal trails. So I think I think the you know the design team has done a very good job of pulling this together. And that uh, I do have just a couple of quick questions that maybe the applicant can answer. I may have to go to Tony <clears throat> for this, but. When we look at this and we have a fire lane on the south side of the building, and is that considered that portion of the through block pathway? You know, because in order to get the additional height onto the building, the planning commission and city council said, gee, you got to have, you know, two east to west uh, through block pathways and then one north to south. Does this is this fire lane considered one of those pathways? The start of that path, one of those pathways? Yes. 
So um, the through block pathway on the south edge is concurrent with the fire lane. And I do want to be really clear when we say fire lane, um, this is emergency access only and not even it's not even something the fire department will drive on unless there are literally flames leaping out of this part of the building. So if somebody calls for an ambulance or anything like that, that's they're not going to drive back here. They're going to come to the main entry of the building. So the fire lane is really truly for flames leaping out of the building, you know, really dire situations. Um, we've had some conversations with the fire department before we proposed this, and they were they were great actually to talk to and work with. And they say this kind of a condition happens all over Kirkland um, and they're not concerned about it. Usually people aren't even aware that it's a fire lane because it's day-to-day -day primary purpose is people walking through movable tables and chairs on it, things like that. It's um, It functions much more like a large wide sidewalk than it does anything for vehicles. Yeah, uh, the north, south, east, property line where you get the sidewalk going north to south mm -hmm. and that because you don't you know there is a drive aisle that comes in an existing drive aisle on private property and we don't know what that will end up someday so is that you're considering that as part of that north south uh through block pathway right. so the north south through block is just the sidewalk that comes through here right. And because we have the fire lane coming all along the south, we don't need a fire lane here. We're able to get hose length access to the whole eastern edge of the building um, so, without use of this drive aisle. So, so theoretically, they could go to a zero lot line on the east side property line and the fire department's fine with that. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, no, no, that's, that's good clarification uh, as to what, what is happening around the building and that. Uh, and do we know, you know, and again, this may be Tony, the Pagliacci site, when we look at this, this building and look at the vernacular, the facade that's been added and the landscaping and this type of thing, is that particular corner site going to be able to go as tall or as high as this project, or is it going to be two, two levels uh, shorter? Do we know? um i'll have to i'll have to look at that i i know that there's some special um requirements based on the like they had different like what kind of the way they set the b the new bcx up um it was based on um the amount of property and things like that so i'll i'll take a look at that and and, and let you know I, the, re the reason i ask yeah. is that when you look at these these two elevations and you've got uh right there where they added the landscaping in front of the blank wall and that type of thing the two stories on top of that brick facade are they added together and so question is is this corner side only going that height and so it doesn't it really doesn't block the view of those two you know the two levels of this this larger building mm -hmm. and and that and so i'm just I, I'm just trying to get clarification on that as to how prominent these two elevations will be over the top of that possible building. Yeah. So yeah, looking at so there's there's a 30 foot height limit, 
Um, and it also depends what they're providing on the site. So that's the kind of interesting thing. Right. So it can be anywhere from, I mean, it can be anywhere from 30 feet to 60 feet, depending on um, the uses provided. Um, so yeah, that's, I, I guess for for now, it's probably not 100% sure on, on what they, they could potentially do there. Um, so, so what you're so what you're saying is a building could fit in there and just totally cover up this project. Those two those two facades of this project, or there may be two stories of this project mm -hmm. above the the future project. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So so it's still it's indeterminate, but I'm just I'm just trying to get the feel for making sure as we go around the property line and we look at you know, look at what you know what the project is doing and mm -hmm. that type of thing is you you know with the blank walls because i think what they've done here you know above and beyond the, the Pagliacci uh building is is excellent i i like what they're doing with the color and texture and that type of thing and that now will we ever see it again when that you know the Pagliacci site gets further developed or does it get developed all the way up? so no, that answers my questions, and that's all I've got right now. Thank you, Randall. Uh, Supriya, would you like to go next? Sure. Thank you, Carlos. So I want to start by saying um, that, you know, I really appreciate that the team took our comments to heart, and I think this is definitely a richer design than what we looked at uh, last time. So appreciate it. Um, I just had a couple questions. Could you walk us through where you're using the darker brick? Is it just on the south facade? I can really tell. Sure, it's, it's actually on the south and the west. So um, let me find a plan and I'll kind of point to a point and plan and then I can also point to it. Um, in images. So that darker brick is most of the west facade. It's all of this and then it's all of this. So it's the areas that really truly where we have brick that really truly look like residential because while we do have what is technically residential use at grade here that has brick, it's designed to look and feel commercial. Um, and so all the areas that look and feel commercial have that lighter brick. So we've got the lighter brick through here and we have the lighter brick all along 70th. And then that darker brick is really at the Southwest corner. Um, but it's not like a small area. It's most of the West and a good portion of the South as well. So if we look in elevations, let's see. This is looking at the South. And there's the lighter brick at the southeast corner, and there's where you're starting to see the darker brick. And these images are cut a little bit, but that goes quite a bit further over. It's just that you're also seeing grocery outlet right here. Um, and then this is a pedestrian view of the west, and you can see it. It's the pilasters and the upper frame portion that runs all the way along most of the western edge as well. Um, Here's a maybe an even better view of that western. So it's all of the length of the western, and it wraps towards the entry of the courtyard as well. And then a similar question on that: 
can you also talk a little bit about the darker cap flashing? Where exactly do you have it? Just oh, yeah. the darker brick or also at other locations? We have it basically at all of the brick. We went back and forth on the lighter brick. And after we looked at it there, we, we preferred it on the lighter brick as well. Um, so it did all the dark brick. And then we did add it to the segments of lighter brick. Um, you can see it here. And we felt like if you kind of compare these two, especially this portion here, because we've got a lighter mass up above, we were feeling like that cap flashing was blending in a little bit. And with that darker, you know, um, part of the comments last time were about increased contrast and a little bit punchier, you know, look and feel a little less muted. And we felt like that outline up there with the cap flashing being dark helped to accentuate the difference in the massing highlight where we've got massing changes um, and just kind of amplify those moves. I would agree. Thank you. Those, those are all the questions I had, Carlos. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Fatima? Yeah, thanks, Carlos. Um, I, I don't have any question. I just wanted to say uh, we appreciate uh, what you've done, really like the new materials that you have used, and uh, especially the use uh, of the education, educating about the bridal tales. It will add a very nice element. So I just wanted to say thank you. Yeah, it's, yeah. thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Fatima. Uh, I'll go next. Um, Maggie, do you have a, a side plan view and a large view of the northwest corner of the property facing 70? Um, just wondering, North I just want to see the landscaping there. Uh, this area here? Oh, it's actually on Northeast 70. Uh, so yeah, if you could zoom in to um, basically the adjacency to the Pagliacci facing the street. Um, just wondering, um, so there's a bus stop there. Um, just wanted to check and see if uh, the applicant has had any some, some sort of coordination with, um, I don't know if it's the building department or, or the DOT regarding the bus stop, where it's going to be located, and if there's any coordination with the landscape buffers and the benches that are, if there are any benches proposed in that area. Rachel, can you um, speak to that about where the bus stop lands in this area? You know, I I don't have a an answer for that. Um, I wonder if any other team members might. There's, I know there's no intention to lose the bus stop. Um, and yeah, I was I, trying to remember if it is currently in basically line with these trees because it wouldn't be, it, it's not currently on our, our site. So currently it's off the property line. And so the intention may for it, may be for it to basically remain as is. Um, yeah, with the with the bike lane, the way we have it, it it would make it difficult for a bus to stop along um, along the building's frontage, um, and so so yeah, it would be better for it to be at the edge. So oh, right. it would be better just... for it to be down here because of the bike lane. I see what you're saying. 
So do, do you guys have an idea of where it's going to be at? And is there, uh, I don't know if it, if that's coordinated with the bike lane or if the bike lane actually needs to be integrated with the sidewalk? I know that we've done a lot of coordination with the city um, engineers and our civil engineer, um, you know, and that, that getting the bike lane in the way we have it was really important to have that buffer um, between the bike lane and the drive aisle. So, um, so I, I have to assume that there's, there's as much thought about the bus stop, um, you know, making, making sure that's a safe transition and, um, and that there aren't conflicts. I, I just wanted to add, so I'm looking at the development standards from Public Works. There's a note, it just says coordinate with King County Metro for the relocation of 245 bus stop process and requirements. Um, so it sounds like that might still be something to be determined uh, where that ends, where that ends up or if it even gets moved. So. And Tony, quick question for you. Mm -hmm. Does sure. Public Works has have the authority to determine the final location of it or is that something that the applicants suggest typically they suggest to public works and they evaluate it, it sounds like it's a metro king county metro thing so metro king county or metro will come along and basically say i i don't know the whole the whole progress process um yeah. specifically but i believe it's they have to kind of um, determine if it's going to be re relocated, and then if it is, then where is it going to go based on, you know, and bus bus areas and so probably site distance. I, there's probably a lot of coordination that goes on there. So, right. yeah, because because you have the the uh, bike lane, and uh, at any point along uh, Northeast Seventy, if you place the um, bus stop, it's going to interfere with that. So in the past, I've seen projects with um, that come to the board uh, where they integrate the bike lane, and that has substantial um, alterations to the width of the sidewalk and the landscaping. So just wondering if that's going to be uh, that kind of situation where it might get compromised because it wasn't planned ahead of time. Yeah, and I, I think that's something that we, if if it does have a dr dramatic impact on the design, that's something that um, staff would review and then uh, bring it to the board if we feel like that it's something that we need the board to to weigh in on um, as a part of a like a minor modification process. So, isn't okay. the determination done by um, transportation versus the DRB for where the bus would be located at for its stop? Well, it's not the, the, under the DRB's uh, authority, but uh, I, to my understanding, it would be public works and the applicant who would be working on that. But regardless of whatever they decide, it might have some uh, impact with the uh, bike, bike lane. Yeah, got it. Uh, Maggie, uh, the other question I have for you is that I was looking at your uh, material board didn't see the finish for the underside of the um, of the uh, canopies. So just wondering, uh, oh, what does that look like? Um, yeah, we didn't actually include that in the in the image, did we? It's um, it's a material we've used repeatedly on projects. 
Um, it's, it's real wood, it's cedar, it's clear coated. So it lasts, it's, um, it's underneath. So it's not susceptible to the sun and water damage that you see on cedar if it's on a fence or on a, um, on a vertical face because it's well protected. Uh, it weathers really well, but it, it really truly is natural wood. Oh, okay. Um, just wanted I, to make sure yeah. of that, that it wasn't a wood look type of material. No, it's, it's intended to be, yeah, real wood. And it's going to be used throughout the project. I mean, I, I saw that uh, some renderings, um, especially along 138th Avenue, you have it as a soffit. And then uh, some other renderings have, have them. This one's done, but some others haven't as um, the underside of the of the balconies. Canopies. Yeah. Uh, underside of the balconies are are metal everywhere. They, these okay. are definitely metal balconies. But under underside of canopies would be the the primary place you'd be okay. seeing it is through here. Yep. Uh, and the balconies are those going to be uh, blackened metal or bronze anodized or black what type of film uh, will be they'll be black to match the other black um accent metal accents around the site um and we are proposing glass with them okay and uh for the windows i'm guessing that it's going to be the same sort of color or some of these um window frames are white and some others are black so just wondering yes Okay. All right. Yep. Um, um, anything else you were gonna say, Maggie? No, I was. I was just gonna echo. Yes, some um, some of the windows are black, and some of the windows are white around the project. Okay. The storefronts for... themselves are are black. Okay. Thanks for clarifying. All right. Uh, mm -hmm. Those are all my questions. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, now uh, will be time for anyone in the audience to make any comments on this project specifically. Um, Tony, um, do we have anyone, please? Um, yeah, there are three attendees. I know one of the attendees is the one of the the app with the applicant. So um, if any of the attendees would like to like to comment, so we'd ask that they they raise their virtual hand at this time. Okay, I do not see anyone wishing to speak. All right. Um, okay. Um, then I guess that um, we um, start with deliberation. Um, if anyone wants to start, board members, that'd be great. If not, I'll suggest uh, someone. <laughs> uh, please, um, as a reminder, uh, please keep in mind that we're going to be reviewing um, the um, few items that uh, we have. Uh, for this meeting, which are um, the uh, facade, the design uh, elements uh, that reflect the neighborhood, input on the proposed landscape palette, feedback on the materials, and uh, the street level commercial use decision. Amy, would you like to start? <laughs> Okay, um, I will try to be quick. 
Um, I echo um, all the other DRB members' comments about um, uh, how this design or refinement in design is definitely far, um, even though we didn't want to use the word superior, um, or uh, we're not allowed to review it by how superior it is. Um, I really believe that uh, this, uh, what you have now is, uh, you know, a, you know, a project that you can be proud of and the neighborhood can be proud of. Uh, I think that um, it does. Um, I really enjoyed reading the your your little history, um, interpretive signs, um, and I'm not. We, we didn't discuss what material you're going to use or what, what these art pieces would look like. Um, you know, it looks like they're supposed to be like bronze pieces, but you also have interpretive signage. Um, the only thing, oh, I shouldn't just, I should address the board. But, um, you know, so um, I, I think that that just elevated this whole project at a totally different level at a higher level than any projects in um, the city and you know not comparing it to Totem Lake but in other words for a neighborhood shopping and mixed use project so um, you know I think this also sets the standard and the tone for the rest of the you know bridal trails uh, mixed use uh, development or redevelopment in the future which is great um, uh, as far as um, the commercial, the uh, convertible space um, that's currently proposed for um, residential amenity, I'm good with it after talking to staff and understanding that staff will ensure that there's enough non-residential parking for future conversion of that space to commercial or retail use. Um, and with that understanding, I'm good with that. Um, I also um, appreciate the level of detail and thought that was put into the landscaping with the plant materials and palette. Um, uh, and so um, I also think that in terms of your landscape proposal, including the paving, um, I think everything is very thoughtful, very um, uh, intentional in the way that achieves, um, you know, these very um, welcoming um, and engaging, you know, events along not only the through block, but on the entire perimeter of the site. Um, I also um, think that with the materials, with the use of the darker brick for the residential that's warmer and replacing the grays with more warmer brown tones, um, again, the and, and also the black or the dark, very dark capping uh, for the lower um, uh, sections of your building. All of that just really um, made your, your project uh, so much better. Um, and, and so, um, you know, all I can say is um, I'm ready to approve this project. Thank you, Amy. Um, Supraya? Would you like to go next? Do you have any uh, comments regarding uh, the street level commercial use decision? And I think um, that uh, one of the main items uh, has been the uh, neighborhood uh, and just the project to basically reflect that character. 
Yeah, I mean, I'm going to echo what Amy said. I mean, and I also said this before. I'm actually quite pleased with the changes that the team has done. And I can see that the effort they have put in and, you know, just the thought of little details like the darker trim and uh, changing, making slight changes with the way the brick wraps around. And um, so I really, you know, I think this is a, going to be a really nice, rich project. Um, so I don't really have uh, any more comments and I'm ready to approve. And, you know, with regards to that commercial space, um, I think that's, I'm, I'm okay with that. Good. Thanks for your feedback. We really appreciate it. Um, Fatima. Yeah, I would also like to say what well, just Amy and Sophia said. It's um, they've done a really good job with uh, coming up with uh, new additions to the project, the materials, the public spaces, and the landscaping. It, it was very well explained, and so yeah, I, I I would also like to go ahead to approve the project. They've done a really good job. Thank you. Thanks, uh, Randall. I think the project is at a point of approval. And as I, you know, as you look at other uh, developments around the city, and, and one specific one is Juanita, <clears throat> the site square footage of Juanita and the site square footage here of the total development in the future are, are very similar uh, in size. And very much when you look at the neighborhood, the residential texture of the neighborhood, and that type of thing. You know, Juanita is a little bit bigger kind of business district and that type of thing than what this one would be in the end. But uh, but we're very what we're what I'm seeing here with the through block uh, sidewalk or along the west, east side of the project, and then the the through block on the south side of the project stay very consistent with what was happening or what has happened in the Juanita project. And so, you know, there is a consistency from project to project and from, you know, developer to developer as to what the city is looking for. And, and when you really look at the Juanita, uh, they have, this project has actually probably stepped out even a little bit more than what the Juanita project is on some of those through blocks. And so I I think it's uh, I think it's a very good project and I would I would recommend that we move for approval. Thank you, Randall. Um, Tyler. Uh, yeah, just to again mirror what my fellow board members have said, this has uh, been a great presentation. And again, we really appreciate you guys taking in um, our comments and feedback and really applying them. And this is a great example of that. Um, one of the things that I definitely want to say that this would be a great um, uh, interpretation and, and also communication to other projects that we have is how you're able to take the residential and commercial side using different materials to mirror, like I said, again, the other residents that are around the surrounding areas um, but also taking in the commercial offering a sense of difference and separation, but also at the same time was able to make it correlate with each other and, and actually, you know, show that it does transition from a more residential to a commercial um, in, in an organic way, which I like. Um, and again, the, the, again, offering that education into 
the history of the neighborhood in the area, I absolutely applaud that. And I, I would I would love to see that more into future projects around the area. Because again, that not only offers education, but you know, it brings people together and offers community, which is a huge thing as well. Um, only suggestion that I have um, is again, kind of going into the courtyard areas. Um, if there is a way to possibly maybe add an additional barbecue to the D side, that might be beneficial, maybe not as big, maybe more of a smaller one, but just because, you know, we're going into summer and everybody's going to be wanting to, to barbecue and, you know, and so there could be a cluster there. So offering a little bit more of um, an ability to kind of spread out, I think that would be helpful. Also love the dog run, but I think that maybe just for, uh, you know, reasons with your pets, it would be good to have little doggy bag sections in all the different parts of the courtyard as well, um, just so that they have access to that. Um, besides the, the bus transportation thing, I know that there's a little bit of concern there, but as far as everything else in that, I'm, I'm, I think this was a great presentation and I love what you've done and I'm, I'm more than happy to move forward with approval. Thank you, Taylor. I think I'll just wrap up by saying, um, uh, thanks to the applicant for, um, listening and hear our comments and concerns. I, I believe that, uh, what you presented uh, tonight, it's uh, superior than what we saw the last time. I like the different selection of uh, pavements uh, for basically the landscape and the site plan design. Yeah, that's really um, unique and brings a lot of character to, to this project. Um, as uh, I mentioned earlier, um, I'm just uh, concerned with the location of the bus stop. So I would, uh, um, recommend the uh, staff to just uh, follow up on that and uh, make sure that that's properly um, uh, designed um, for um, public works and the other departments that need to wait on that. Uh, other than that, I've, I guess that as uh, the rest of uh, the board members, I feel uh, comfortable uh, uh, moving to approve um, this project. Uh, so thank you very much. and. Uh, that's that's all. Um, so um, I guess that uh, the board now has a consensus. Uh, every everyone is feeling um, optimistic about just uh, approving this project. So I guess that uh, we would like to, if anyone would like to uh, make a motion to approve, um, I think that we all uh, comment or have a decision that uh, the commercial use that the um, applicant is proposing. Uh, for the review with the with the city staff uh, is acceptable, so um, I wouldn't see any issues with that. Uh, would any anyone like to make a motion? I'll make a motion. So uh, I guess that uh, we just have to state the uh, the whole. Uh, I think Taylor's motion oh. <laughs> to approve the project that reviewed today and uh, with the um, decision to approve the commercial use as proposed per the applicant's uh, um, uh, plan Aye. or designs. <laughs> Aye. Okay, anyone would like to uh, second the motion? I'll second that. Okay, move on second. I think I will need to go through roll call. Randall Brand. 
Yes. Carlos Castaneda? Yes. Fatima Kohan? Yes. Supriya Kelkar? Yes. Tyler Smith? Yes. And Amy Tars? Yes. Thanks. Motion carries. Okay. Well, uh, congratulations to the uh, applicant. Uh, thank you very much for um, staying uh, with us and uh, basically just walking us through your project tonight. Uh, hopefully, this is going to be a successful project and it's going to set the tone for the next uh, projects that are going to be developed in this area. Thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. You guys have given great feedback and um, we're, we're excited to move forward. And thank you to Tony, too, for helping walk us through the project or through the uh, process all along the way. So thanks, everybody. Uh, one one little housekeeping item, Maggie, um, if you could, uh, I know there are some changes to the package from the time that you submitted to now, um, if you could submit those uh, via MVP, and then that way we have a final, final approved package. Thank you. Absolutely. We'll send that over to you. Thank you. Perfect. Now, uh, to continue with this meeting, uh, next item in the agenda is the administrative report and DRB discussion, which is poll for attendance to next DRB meeting. Uh, so John, Tony, would you like to elaborate yes. on that? Yeah, so we do have a special meeting next Monday. Uh, it's gonna be the Park Shore Design Response Conference. Uh, this is the, uh, I think it's the senior living facility over there in Juanita, um, just east or west of Juanita Village. Uh, so just make sure that's on your calendars and when Liz does her call arounds, just please respond. Okay. Yep. Thank Perfect. You. All right. Uh, thank, thank you, John and um, staff. Uh, so I guess that uh, now uh, we are at the end of this meeting. Uh, anyone would like to uh, make, a make, a I make a motion? We adjourn. <laughs> uh, I second. Like second. I happily okay. second the motion. <laughs> <laughs> uh, motion. Uh, second. Uh, Everyone in favor, please say aye. 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 <laughs> Motion carries. Uh, thank you very much uh, for attending tonight's meeting and uh, looking forward to see you on the next meeting next Monday. Good night, everyone. Good night. 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 Good night.